What's going on, man? Welcome back to the science of getting rich. I'm your host, Gerald Peters. Always remember, whatever you think about comes about. Whatever you focus on, that what you manifest in your life, man. Today, we're on part four. We're working our way through all 17 chapters of this beautiful book written by Wallace Waddles in 1910 on the science of getting rich. We've uh, talked about, this is my favorite book. This is a book that you can open literally any page, read something, get something, and apply it to your life. It's a book you can carry with you for a long time, and I think it'll help you through it. This There's three keys to a successful life, health, wealth, and mindset. Doesn't do you any good to get rich and die sick. Doesn't do you any good to be all healthy, gluten-free, exercising, working out, and you're broke. And it doesn't do us any good if we ain't got the mental framework or the strength to get us where we need to get to go to build the body, to build the bank account, to become financially independent. Now, when we started this series, we started with the first part that's super important. It's one, that you actually have a right. You. It's like you're royalty, man. You were born with a birthright. And that right, that is, you'll see the book talks about that if you do things in a certain way, no matter who you are, there is a blueprint and you can become rich. Chapter two, we dug into there is a science. And that's a, it's a, it's trying to establish that there is a duplicatable process or a blueprint. And remember that open with there is a science to getting rich. It's an exact science like algebra and arithmetic. And that there are certain laws that govern the process of acquiring riches. And once these laws are learned and obeyed by any man, he or she will get rich with mathematical certainty. And we talked about the idea that the ownership of money and property comes as a result of doing things in a certain way. And you're going to hear that a lot as we dig into part three here, which is actually our part four, which is chapter three. If you remember, we started with the end first. So we're on part four, but chapter three. But in chapter two, it talked about doing things in a certain way and that those who do things in this certain way, whether on purpose or accidentally, get rich, while those who do not do things in a certain way, no matter how deserving they may be or you know, no matter how hard they work, they will remain poor. A lot of people who you know, get at the end of their life um, and, and are broke, now sometimes it's through mishap, and we've talked about this, black swans, bad things happen. But in lieu of that, and probably in spite of that, meaning they will happen to you, if we apply ourselves to the path, to the principle, to the concept, or what the book's going to refer to as the certain way, we can prosper. And that's what's been guaranteed to us. That's what we have a right to. Uh, one of the other key points in chapter two that I really like, and I, I always underline it, is getting rich involves the necessity of dealing with men. Remember, anytime we say men, assume women, all mankind. And being where there are people to deal with. And if those people are inclined to deal with you in the way that you want to deal, so much the better. In other words, all of the money that you want is in the pockets, purses, wallets, checkbooks, credit cards of other people. Other people are your customer. Other people have what you need. And this is why 
the fame, you know, the the uh, the w books of wisdom, like the Bible, say it's better to give than to receive because through service or through working for others, through giving for others, is how we reap, and that's what that means. Um, and that was chapter two, and when we get into three. It's going to sound old school, okay? He's going to talk about railroads. When you hear that, I want you to think about Google or Intel or Bitcoin or Uber or Dash. Think of how you could apply this to the stock market. See, something you can do today that you couldn't do in 1910, well, you could, but not very easily, and almost no minorities, uh, almost no women. It was mostly just men. And even of that, it was a small number of men in 1910 <clears throat> had excess capital, had equity or liquidity to the point where they could, you know, invest it into a business or a company. Today, with the advent of the smartphone through capitalism, by the way, not socialism, but through the genius of capitalism, barriers have been broken down. Anyone can write a book, produce a song put out a play, record a video, do a new show, or even do a podcast, by the way. Anybody can do that. And so it's opened up a lot of opportunity. And as we dig into chapter three, he's going to talk about some people could leave the factory and go start a farm. Well, probably not starting a farm today, but you could leave your job to start a business, right? You could utilize the internet. That's what he's talking about. So even though it's going to sound old school, Kind of think how you can apply it to today because the book's universal. Chapter three is entitled, Is Opportunity Monopolized? You're going to see I get a lot of my political views from this chapter. I'm not even saying they're right. I just decided to go with it. Okay. So some of the things that I've been criticized for on Instagram, I put put on restriction for it. They were like, oh, that's hate speech. It's like, no. It's not eight speeds. That's right out of the science of getting rich. Um, you'll see what I mean. Page nine, chapter three. No man, remember, man or woman, no man is kept poor because opportunity has been taken away from him because other people have monopolized the wealth and somehow put a fence around it. You may be shut off from engaging in business in certain lines, but there are other channels open to you. Probably it would be hard for you to get control of any of the great railroad systems. That field is pretty well monopolized. When you hear railroad, think like Google, search, Microsoft. These railroads were the big industry of the day. A lot of the stocks were railroads. If you go look during the crash, a lot of aristocrats in Europe lost a ton of money. They were all heavily invested in American railroads. American railroads at the time were the growth stocks, you know, Exxon, Conoco, Mobil, all these gas companies, all these hundred year companies like Kellogg's and Kraft and Coca-Cola. These were the growth plays, man. They didn't start out with dividends. They were entrepreneurial investments. And people back in the day in 1910, when Wallace Rottles wrote this book, you could invest in railroad companies. You could invest in Coca-Cola. You could invest in Ford. You could invest in Quite a few companies, actually, that are still around today. Probably be hard for you to get control of some of the great railroad systems. That feels pretty much monopolized. 
but the electric railway business is still in its infancy and offers plenty of scope for enterprise. And it will be but a very few years until traffic and transportation through the air will become a great industry. And in all its branches will give employment to hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions of people. Why not turn your attention to the development of aerial transportation instead of competing with J.J. Hill? You can look up who J.J. Hill was and others for a chance at the steam railway. So what are we reading there? When I read this and I think that air and traffic, the air transportation through the air will become a great industry someday. I think about DoorDash. I think about Uber. I think about Lyft. I think about the ability to, you know, drive for Uber, drive for Lyft, drive for Dash. I think of the idea of the, of the social media platforms to allow you to create money without necessarily having to go get a traditional job. This is what comes to mind immediately as I'm reading this. It is quite true that you are a workman in the ploy of the steel trust. You have very little chance to become the owner of the plant in which you work. But it is also true that if you will commence to act in a certain way, you can soon leave the employment of the steel trust. You could buy a farm from 10 to 40 acres and engage in business as a producer of foodstuff. So what is he saying there? Well, let's fast forward it. You know, it's not 1910 anymore. We're probably not going to run off and start a farm. I mean, maybe you could. But there are tons of other businesses that we could run off and start. There is a great opportunity at this time for men who will live upon small tracts of land and cultivate the same intensely. Such men will certainly get rich. You may say that it's impossible for you to get the land, but I'm going to prove to you that it's not impossible and that you can certainly get a farm if you're willing to go to work in a certain way. Ooh, what if instead of a farm, he's talking about real estate? There's a great, let me reread that. There's a great opportunity at this time for men and women who will buy small houses on small tracts of land and remodel them with the same intensity. Such men and women will certainly get rich. You may say it's impossible for you to get a loan, but I'm going to prove to you that it's not impossible. And that if you, you can get a rental property, an investment property or land, if you were to go to work, Get good credit. Save up a down payment in a certain way. Hmm. At different periods, the tide of opportunity sets in different directions according to the needs of the whole and the particular stage of social evolution which has been reached. That implies, I mean, he's talking about in his day, that it evolves, it changes, right? We go from renting homes on websites or from realtors to Airbnb and automating it through the need, the use of social media. Things change. What was a very small, unique boutique field of vacation rental homes? Cause I remember renting them and how different it was then than it is 20 years later today. We see an evolution. We see the evolution of transportation. We're seeing an evolution of, media as we go from you know a very few you know cbs's the nbc's and the abc's to kids on tiktok getting more views than major shows on cbs we're evolving we're always evolving technology is always evolving at present in america 
It is setting toward agriculture and the allied industries and professions. Today, opportunity is open before the factory worker in his line. It is open before the businessman who supplies the farmer more than before the one who supplies the factory worker and before the professional man who waits upon the farmer more than the one who serves the working class. If you dig into that, he's talking about people serving people that you could probably make more money serving smaller businesses than working for a big company that services just a few businesses. If you dig into that, it's kind of what he's saying. There is an abundance of opportunity for the man or woman who shall go with the tide. Mm, sounds a lot like the money flow, trading with the flow. Instead of trying to swim against it, like, well, let's short the 70 RSI. And it's like, no, it's in an uptrend. Instead of trying to swim against it. So the factory workers, either as individuals or as a class, are not, are not deprived of opportunity. The workers are not being kept down by their masters. They are not being ground by the trust and combinations of capital. As a class, they are where they are because they do not do things in a certain way. If the American worker, if the workers of America chose to do so, they could follow the example of their brothers in Belgium and other countries and establish great department stores and a cooperative industries. They could elect men of their own class to office and pass laws favoring the development of such cooperative industries. And in few years, they could take peaceful possession of the industry of industrial field. The working class may become the master class whenever they begin to do things in a certain way. The law of wealth is the same for them as for all others. He didn't say anything about government intervention, marching on Washington, standing up, fighting the lobby. He didn't say any of that. You know, he did give that you could band together with other people. Maybe you get something done. We ain't getting rich. And your opportunity ain't coming because someone else gives it to you or because of a government program. Your opportunity becomes you because you seize it. Because you get up and you do things. You in a certain way. No one is kept in poverty by shortness in the supply of riches. As much as they'd like to tell you if we tax the wealthy or the rich, that somehow that's going to equate to the poor having more. It's just not true. It will help bureaucrats have more. It will help people in Washington and government and cities and bureaucracies. Oh, they'll have a lot more and they can hire more people and waste more money. But that money actually tricking went from Elon to a homeless person is a long trip with a lot of people cutting in on it. <clears throat> no one's kept in poverty by shortness and supply of riches. There's more than enough for all. A palace as large as the capital at Washington might be built for every family on earth from the building material in the United States alone. And under intensive cultivation, this country would produce enough wool, cotton, linen, and silk enough to clothe each person in the world. Finer than Solomon was arrayed in all of his glory. You might want to go read on who King Solomon was. He was the richest man ever. Together with enough food to feed them all luxuriously. The visible supply is practically inexhaustible, and the invisible supply really is inexhaustible. Everything you see on earth is made from one original substance, out of which all things proceed. 
New forms are constantly being made and older ones are dissolving, but all are shapes assumed by one thing. There is no limit to the su supply of formless stuff or original substance. The universe is made out of it, but it was not all used in making the universe. The spaces in, through, and between the forms of the visible universe are permeated and filled with original substance, which the formless, which with the formless stuff, with the raw material of all things. 10,000 times as much has been made, still will be made. And even then we should not have exhausted the supply of the universal raw material. No man is therefore is poor because nature is poor, because there is not enough to go around. Nature is an inexhaustible storehouse of riches. The supply will never run short. Original substance is alive with creative energy and is constantly producing more forms. When the supply of building materials is exhausted, more will be produced. When the soil is exhausted so that foodstuff and materials for clothing will no longer grow upon it, it will be renewed and more soil will be made. When all the gold and silver has been dug from the earth, if man still is in such a stage of social development that he needs gold and silver, more will be produced from the formless substance. Oh man, that sounds like Bitcoin to me. Mm. The formless stuff responds to the needs of man. It will not let him be without any good thing. This is true of man collectively. The race as a whole is always abundantly rich. And if individuals are poor, it is because they do not follow the certain way of doing things, which makes the individual, which makes the what? Individual man rich. I mean, you got to worry about yourself first. The formless stuff is intelligent. It is the stuff which thinks it's alive and is always impelled toward more and more life. It is the natural and inherent pulse of life that seeks to live more. It is the natu nature of intelligence to enlarge itself and of consciousness to seek to expand, extend its boundaries and to find fuller expression. The universe of forms has been made by formless living substance throwing itself into form in order to express itself more fully. The universe is a great living presence, always moving inherently toward more life, fuller functioning. Nature. Nature's formed for the advancement of life. Its impelling motive is the increase of life. For this cause, everything which can possibly minister to life is bountifully provided. There is no lack unless God is to contradict himself and nullify his own work. You are not kept poor by a lack of supply of riches. It is a fact that which I shall demonstrate a little further that even the resources of formless substance that are at your command of the man and woman will act and think in a certain way. Let me reread that list. It is a fact that which I shall demonstrate a little further on, that even the resources of the formless supply are at the command of the man or woman who will think and act in a certain way. 
He mentioned it a lot in this chapter. It's not a big chapter. Two and four are probably some of my more favorite chapters. Each chapter in this amazing book tries to drive home a point, if you haven't noticed. You know, with the first one being, it's like, look, you have a right. Like, we got to get past it. You think, you know, people, oh, people like us, we had to get past that. And the very first opening sentence of this book kicks some people right in the teeth, man. Chapter one, the very, remember when we first read this? Chapter one, verse one, or not verse, but line one. Whatever may be said of the praise of poverty, the fact remains, it is not possible to live a really complete or successful life unless one is rich. Man, that, that'll punch people. You know, they'll fight against that. And then they'll go get in social groups to fight about against this and against that, wanting more and more, want to take from other people, while at the same time lecturing to you that money's not important, while they voted away from other people. You know, you'll see that a lot. And we saw in chapter two that he explains there is a way, a specific way. In chapter three, he was kind of laying up. He wanted to say, listen, there is no monopolies. He's trying to drive home the point that, listen, the universe is unlimited. Money, unlimited. They want more, they print it. It's unlimited. Okay? Resources, unlimited. You don't need to have a loan to get the process started to buy real estate. You need to take action in a certain way. Getting your credit score right is part of the certain way. Saving up money for the down payment, part of the certain way. So if you do things in a certain way, they can't stop you. Whether you know, you're black, white, Hispanic, whether you're a woman or a male or transgender, or gay, lesbian, straight, it don't matter. Nobody can stop you if you're doing things in a certain way. And he's talking about in a way that's duplicatable, in a way that's repeatable. Part of that way is starting with the fact that one, you have a right. Because if you don't think you have a right, you're gonna have a hard time doing shit in a certain way. Because part of this certain way is faith. Part of the certain way is believing some shit that you can't see. You know, it, it ain't there. When he talks about visible and the invisible, formless substance out there, like it's really hard to be in a religion if you don't believe, right? It's kind of hard to be in the money flow if you don't believe that 70% of the time stocks go up. Now, maybe it's 68, 72. I don't, it's not to be a scientific number. The point is genuinely, generally, I mean, the weight and the pressures to the upside. If you don't believe me, look at the Dow today. Look at the Dow when you were born. Look at the Dow when your mama was your age. Look at the Dow when she was born. Look at when her daddy was born and go back and back. And what do you see? It goes up, comes down, goes up, comes down, goes up, comes down. I call that the four stages of price movement. But at the backdrop of that is this idea that over time it goes up. If you don't believe that, then you can't invest in stocks to build wealth in a certain way because you're going to get blown out, right? And so part of the certain way is a little bit of faith, believing that the world is abundant. The world is not coming to an end. There's no, there's, you know, it's not coming to an end. It's just evolving new opportunities. And some people are going to fight it. You're going to have governments and people fight Airbnb. You're going to have governments and people fight Dash, fight Roku, fight, 
you know, these different things, different companies, they're going to fight AI. I don't like AI, but it is what it is. I don't like it because it can caters to lazy humans, brings out the worst in humanity. Now you can write articles not knowing shit, not knowing how to write, and all you got to do is push it out. That's why I don't like it. That's why I hate automated emails. Well, it's just a, it's just, it's just a thing that's set up to, to take money from people reading the email. That's the only reason they're emailing you. So you'll click on something and buy something. It's the only fucking reason. Nobody's emailing you just to email you. Unless they're your friends. Any influencer or any group, myself included, if I'm emailing you something, typically I'm trying to sell something. So make sure that if you're getting, someone's trying to sell you something, is it just to sell in the email or is there anything of value? You know, I've, I've been watching that lady. And when I get one, it's just a sell and there's nothing of value. There's not like a link to an article. There's not a little short commentary on something we just saw. It's not a tidbit or a tip. There's literally nothing of value. It's just, hey, I'm awesome. Click here. You know, then I just delete them. That person's not trying to serve you. The person's trying to serve themselves. So be careful of that. Okay? That person's probably not going to help you do things in a certain way. You know? So that's just something that's been weighing on me lately as I see it more and more and more and more and more. So opportunities not monopolized. The internet's broke down all the barriers. You can be, do, and have whatever it is you want. There may be so free and there may be so many opportunities that it's hard to narrow it down. That's going to be your struggle. But if you do, narrow it down. If you begin to do things, you know, um, I've been doing a lot of this short-term trading on the TQ inside of the, you know, a lot of people are at work. They ain't got time for that. But if you were going to do that, don't use real money. You have no expectation of winning. You know, the idea that you're going to step into trading on a three or 15-minute chart and you're just going to make money. It's like it's, un, it's unrealistic. You wouldn't be a surgeon and work on real people. You wouldn't be a lawyer and just start doing trials. You wouldn't be a tattoo artist and just start drawing on people. No, you got to put up, do a bunch of wall art. Right, you got to work at ER and carry the pans and, and learn and study in the books. You got to put in time and put in work. What if you actually fucking deserved it? What if you studied? You know, what if you put in the work? What if you spent a year paper trading? I dare you. You know, if you're one of these guys and you have the time and you can do that during the day. Put in six months a year. Just grind it out with no expectation of turn. Just repetition is the mother of skill. Learning skill. Not Don't put the pressure of your money on it. Put the pressure of getting the trades right and executing. You know, and it's not that you're paper trading. You're executing on trades. You're doing a disciplined process. You're entering on the, you know, 5-9 or the, you know, the, the, we've been using the, the 920 crossover. But let's say it's the 5, whatever it is. When you get your signal, you execute. You don't jump it. You're not getting one day ahead. You're doing it fucking perfect. And then you're waiting. You're setting your stop. You're setting your profit target. And you wait to either lose the trade or win the trade. If you lose the trade, good. Next one. And then next one. And next one. And next one. And next one. And next one. Over and over and over and over. Week after week, month. What happens? What happens in 12 months? What happens? What happens if you swing trade? You're like, well, I can't do it. Cool, swing trade it. And you got six or seven going. You're going to need at least six or seven. You're going to get bored. And you do it over 
and fucking over and you don't let life or your job or your kids or your wife interfere with the simple process of managing your mind. You can't let that happen. Okay? You can't because you love them. Part of being a king is knowing what to respond to and what to answer to and what to bow down to and what to, you know, you're a servant of your kingdom, but you also are in charge of it. And it's your responsibility to grow it. And sometimes the answer is no. You get what I'm saying? And the king or the queen's first responsibility is to the crown that you wear. In other words, to yourself, not to the people around you. To yourself first and then to them. Hey, man, thanks for listening to the Science of Getting Rich podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We're doing a, a full thing through the Science of Getting Rich. This was part four, chapter three. We're going to work through it. You're going to notice you're only getting one little concept out of each chapter. I already talked about that. I won't repeat it. And I'm going to try to emphasize it and drive it home, man, that you have the right to be anything you want to be, to do anything, to have anything, that there is plenty. There's enough in the universe and ain't nobody stopping you except you, man. I believe that with all my heart. Hey, if you don't have my free ebook, you don't have to die broke. Simply hit my bio link, Gerald Peters, G-E-R-A-L-D-P-E-T-E-R-S dot info. Go there. You can get all my stuff, but you can get my free ebook. Don't cost you a penny. If you scroll to the bottom, I think I got a free link to the Science of Getting Rich pot or to the ebook, but it's cheap on Amazon. You probably should order yourself a couple copies. Give one to your friend. Give one to your mama. Uh, help them out, man. God bless.